Hello guys, it's time for another story in the book of Genesis. Today we're going to be looking at the covenant God made with Abraham. And the passages that I'm going to be looking at are in chapter 11, 12, and also in Acts chapter 7. But we're not going to be reading all of that, so I'm going to give you a quick breakdown before we read the small passage that I have out. What we know is Abraham was not Abraham yet, but I might make the mistake of saying Abraham because Abraham and Abraham sound so similar to me. So Abraham lived in the city called Ur of Chaldeans with his family. Now this place was a sophisticated city. Um, it reminds me of New York, honestly, but it, it was a city that was known for its idol worshiping, uh, specifically the moon god. So... You could pretty much say those people that were living there all idol worshipped. All right. Now it doesn't say flat out whether Abraham and his family were idol worshippers, but I mean, if I were to gather some information, I wouldn't deny it. All right. So moving on, Abraham, his dad, and his nephew Lot and his wife Sarah were set out to go to the land of Canaan, but they didn't. They actually came to this other city called Haran, and they just settled there. And they settled there until Abraham's dad passed away. And then that's where we are in the story, and we're going to be reading Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 5. The Lord said to Abraham, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions that they had accumulated and all the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. So there are a few things to talk about before we go any further. When I first read this chapter, I'm like, wow, I'm going to be talking about how Abraham obeyed God and was just, yeah, it's just so amazing, inspiring. But then I found out so many things and it's not actually what it seems. So maybe you know this, maybe you don't. We'll, we'll find out. So this is actually the second time that God told Abraham because the first time God told him was when he was living in the city of Chaldeans, this idol worshiping city. And God told him to leave that place, leave his relatives, leave that land and go to the land of Canaan. Instead of doing that, he actually took his nephew, his father, and they didn't go to the land of Canaan. They went to the land of Haran. So we see that he didn't obey him completely the first time. And then when God spoke to him again, he again didn't obey him completely by taking his nephew Lot. And if you, it's interesting because if you read this story further, you see that his nephew Lot actually caused a lot of problems in this whole thing, which it didn't have to, but that's just what happens when you don't obey God completely. This idea that I thought Abraham obeyed him completely turned into, okay, there was partial obedience going on. So that's what we're going to be looking at. So I broke it down into three main points of what I want to talk about. 
The first one is that Abraham was chosen by God to inherit this great promise. Now, this great promise that I'm describing is that Abraham would be a blessing. He would be the father of all fathers. Did you guys hear that song as a kid? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So that song is saying that he is a father of so many nations, and and he is blessed through that. But also, Jesus Christ came from his lineage. That's a really big deal because the King of Kings, the Son of God, came from Abraham. So he would be blessed through that. And not only that, but he would be blessed through all the land he had acquired, the possessions, and all of that. But the big question is, what did Abraham do? Nothing. God chose him specifically. And God chose him to inherit the great promise. Not because Abraham was this great, amazing person. Now, there's this contrast because when you read Noah, you see that it says Noah was this man of God. He was righteous. But with Abraham, it doesn't say that at all. In fact, he was living in an idol-worshipping city. For all we know, he could have been an idol-worshipper. Who knows? We We don't know. But all we know is that God chose him. And we have to remember that it's the same thing with us. God chose us. We didn't do anything God chose us. God sends out the invitation for everyone to receive Christ. You can either choose to reject it or to accept it. When you accepted Christ, you didn't find God. God found you. You just happened to accept it. Now, this whole idea describes the word grace. It's all grace. The response to this kind of knowledge of grace, of the whole idea that he chose us, he loved us first, is to bring us to gratitude. It's to lift our hands up and praise him that, wow, you chose us. We did absolutely nothing. So I think that's amazing that God just chose Abraham to receive these great promises. And you guys, if you don't know, we also have promises in Christ. Get familiar with those promises. Some of those promises is that he will never leave you or forsake you. He will comfort you in times of trouble. Just get yourself familiar with these promises and you will get, you will do that by opening up your Bible and reading it. All right. The second point is that God is persistent. Now we know that God spoke to Abraham when he was living in Chaldeans and he kind of obeyed. And then he spoke to him again. And he kind of obeyed. But when you just keep reading the story, God still keeps speaking to him and and doesn't take away this great promise that he received because you guys know he did nothing to earn it. It's just all God. And And I love that God is so persistent because we are so stubborn. It takes us so long to listen to him. I mean, just think about it. How many times did God have to tell you something sometimes for you to actually be like, okay, I'm going to surrender that. Okay, I'll obey you. Okay, I'll do this. Like, to be honest, there's so many moments with myself that I have that. And I'm just thankful that God is persistent. Because if God only had a one-time policy, man, I would have passed up so many blessings of God and chances to obey Him. So with this persistent call, I want you to get yourself familiar that every Christian has a general calling and a specific calling. Now, a general calling is something that all believers are called to. 
Some examples of that, all believers are called to love one another. All believers are called to make disciples, to be part of a Jesus-loving church, to evangelize, to read the Bible, to pray, to be merciful. Those are some general callings for all believers. But the specific calling for Abraham was that he would carry out this covenant. Now, a specific calling means that you can't compare yourself and another Christian and be like, okay, this Christian is doing this, but I'm doing this. This might be the reason why some Christians are missionaries and some Christians are working inside the school or corporate business and still living it out. You can be a Christian and everyone can have a different specific calling, but the whole point is not to get caught up in it. Because I know a lot of times I can get caught up in it. I can be like, okay, Lord, what's my specific calling right now? And sometimes the biggest thing he wants you to do is just obey him and follow the general calling. So um, don't get so caught up in trying to figure out what your calling is. Just obey him and do the things that he, he's commanded you and he will reveal his way. And I know it and I'm, I'm confident in that knowing that I don't know what my specific calling is. I'm confident in knowing that what he already laid out, which is to love others, to make disciples and all of that. So the third thing I wanted to talk about was that obedience in God means becoming wholeheartedly dependent on him to lead the way. Now, what was so significant when I read chapter 12 was that God told Abraham to go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land I will show you. That poses so much uncertainty. It's crazy. I'm a huge planner. It's just that sentence scares me. It's like, to the land I will show you. It's like, okay, why don't you show me right now? Why don't you tell me my five-year plan? Tell me these things so I can comfort myself. But when he told him to leave his land, he's leaving the place that he knows. He's leaving his comfort zone, his security, all his family, supposedly. And and back then, they literally planted their roots there because the land that they were living in, you can't just move because they don't have moving trucks and all that. They have to carry all these things. They have to make their homes. So it's a big deal that God was saying, leave that place. Leave that comfort place to the place I will show you. And he calls us to do that as believers, to go where he calls us. And the place that he calls us be the great unknown but we have to step out in obedience. And I just I just love how God was so patient with Abram because even though he didn't obey completely and he partially obeyed, he would still lay out things that Abram could do to step out in obedience. So what we learn, what you see is throughout the whole story of Abram, you see that his faith gets stronger. In fact, he's known as his faith giant. He is in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, and he's applauded for it. But it didn't start out strong at first. So take hope that even Abraham struggled with obeying, and he partially obeyed. But in, as you read, continue reading the story of Abraham, you see that his faith got stronger. And just know that as you step out, and those tiny or big steps of obedience, your faith will also get stronger. It doesn't start out strong. You have to, it's like a muscle that needs to be worked. And that's what happened with him. And that's why I think this story is so amazing. I hope you guys took something out of it. And I hope you have a beautiful spring day.
Bye, guys.